Hello, everyone. How are you doing? I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. Welcome to the Myers Detox podcast. And on this show, we talk about everything related to healing, health, detoxification, heavy metals, chemicals, and how to detox them. And today we have a, a very special guest on, Dr. Michael Rankin Sr. And he is someone that uh, I've known about for years. I met him through a friend of mine, Robbie Besner of Therosage. I could not be more grateful because this person has helped me so much. He's such an incredible healer. He is a very heart-centered, caring, loving person who's just dedicated to helping people get better. And, And you'll see that in his energy. He's just amazing. And on this show, we're going to be talking about how you cannot address cancer without emotional trauma release. And we're going to talk about a lot of different types of cancers and the emotional trauma related to those cancers. We'll talk about the different modalities that Dr. Rankin uses to address emotional trauma, why the person has that trauma, the very powerful scans that he does that helps determine the different emotional traumas that people have, what organs that they're affecting and how to release them. And that's something I'm personally doing with him right now. I'm working with him uh, doing the scan that he uses. And I've done a scan here at my home with him in a session at home. I flew to his clinic in St. Louis and I did about four days. I was there for about a week, but I did four days of the, all the different treatments. I wanted to go on their little, their emotional trauma detox circuit they have there in St. Louis. And I wanted to see what it was all about because I was, I was very drawn to him like a moth to the flame because of how kind of just the command of his knowledge and conviction and caring in what he's doing when he's working with people. And it's a really, really compelling show today. So we're going to be talking about, you know, a lot of different case studies that Dr. Michael Rankin, uh, people that he's worked with, will be talking about all these different modalities that he uses. We'll be talking about, you know, almost the crime in the current cancer industry with um, how emotional trauma is not being addressed, all the different modalities that are used that harm people, uh, like the the radiation and chemo without addressing the underlying root cause. We're also going to be talking about even my own story with my father and how he basically died from his cancer treatments and and what you want to do instead. And that you, you don't have to be kind of coerced or be fear induced to make a decision about your treatments. There's so many different amazing options out there. And I highly recommend Dr. Rankin Sr. as your first stop. So I know you guys listening to this show are concerned about heavy metals and toxicity levels because that is a big contributing factor in cancers. In fact, cadmium, that causes more cancers than all of the other heavy metals combined. That's why smokers get cancer. Uh, Cigarettes have a lot of cadmium in them. And so I developed a quiz. It's called heavymetalsquiz.com. And you can go there, take this two-minute quiz, and it'll give you your kind of your 
you know, relative amount of body burden of toxins based on some lifestyle questions that we have in the quiz. And then you'll get your results. And after that, get a free, a totally free video series that breaks down um, all your different frequently asked questions about toxins and heavy metals and detoxification. So go check out that quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Dr. Michael Rankin Sr. He is an NDMA and BA. He's a doctor of naturopathy who's been practicing at the Kelly Metabolic Center since 2012, but is, you know, originally went to medical school to be a DO, dropped out when he realized it just wasn't for him. And he's been studying the meridians, traditional Chinese medicine, emotional trauma, and, and the like for the last 50 years. And at the Kelly Metabolic Center, he addresses cancer conflicts, pain, and emotional trauma using an EVOC scan, which is a kind of a Zyto scan. He uses recall hearing and trapped emotional response. He also does cancer metabolic evaluations and advanced biomedical evaluations for full body assessments and a laser detox method developed by Dr. Lee Cowden, who's Dr. Mercola's personal physician. He also firmly believes that emotional trauma is at the root cause of all health issues and uses emotional trauma resolution modalities in all of his assessments and programs with his patients. You can learn more about Dr. Rankin and his work at testingcancer.com. Dr. Rankin, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Wendy. I really look forward to our discussion today. Yeah, so I, I met you through your son, Dr. Michael Rankin Jr. He was one of the doctors on our Harmony Pendant Study. Oh, and yeah. and I did, you were so gracious to offer to do an Evox Zyto scan, which is kind of a bioenergetic scan looking at emotional trauma. Yes. And that's something that I'm very, very focused on right now in my personal health journey. Okay. And this session was so... It was so profound for me. It was so life-changing. It was one of those like, like life points where you're, you have a fork in the road and you can go this way or that way. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just so thrilled by it that I decided to come out to your clinic and spend you know, four days doing all the little treatments that you do, all the, all the cutting edge uh, stuff that you do in your pain and cancer clinic. And uh, yes. And so why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and and how you came to uh, work with cancer patients, work with pain patients? What's your story? Well, when I first uh, got into the medical field, it was more looking uh, to do research and then support companies to do research properly, because a lot of research that's done is not really done very well. It's very manipulative and like people will tell the story, but not really tell the real story. So I was very interested in trying to do research. And one of the areas I thought I would get involved with was cancer. So I started watching what was happening in the cancer ward at one of the major hospitals. And I noticed that there was a lot of emotions related to cancer. And I saw people coming in and looking quite normal, looking like you, looking like me, and looking like they weren't really very ill. Then within a matter of weeks, I saw their attitudes change. I saw their shoulders slumping. I saw their whole demeanor collapsing. And I thought, my guys, what is that? You know, that's something really major happening here. And I started really praying about what is the impact of these people. And it wasn't just the treatments. It's the way they were being spoken to. 
And the way they were being spoken to is if you don't listen to us as a doctor, quote unquote, you'll die. I said, wow, that's fear motivation. That's really not good. That's not good. And then I went over and I had a friend that was a cardiovascular anesthesiologist, and he let me go in and sit in on a lot of the open heart surgeries. And I'm really fascinated by biology in general. And it was one of the things that I studied in college quite a bit. And I started, I would sneak around to the to the area where the, the patients were waiting to get their, their open heart surgeries done. And I began to notice again that people that we're going to have an open heart surgery where they're going to replace cardiovascular, like the arteries, the coronary arteries, the people who were very negative about their, their themselves and very negative about the surgeries, even if they weren't really that sick, they do very poorly post-op. And those who were just have really, really a divine sense of understanding and a divine sense of health, even though they were the worst possible candidates, older and maybe some kidney stressors or whatever else, but they were really emboldened and strong in their faith. They did very well post-op. I went, this is fascinating, fascinating. So what is was the key to every one of these people was that I said, I wanted to do something and study and do a better job than what I saw happening, not motivating people with fear, motivating them with with some knowledge and motivating them with maybe some understanding about divine health because the ones that understood divine health were doing well the ones that didn't were very negative did very poorly even if their health condition wasn't bad but then as i started to study and investigate becoming a do which is what my original plan was i ran into this wonderful doctor who was board certified in three specialties cardiology critical care and intensive care medicine and he looked at me and he's and i told him my plans and i'm starting to do the studies and beginning that 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 whole walk he said michael he said i don't know if you understand what i'm about to tell you he said but jesus can't be this stupid i said what do you mean he goes I've learned all this stuff. I've got three specialties. I promise you, the creator can't be this stupid to give chemo to a patient that's already sick and then make them sicker, to do something to someone's heart and it's going to get worse and on and on it goes and on and on it goes and on. He said, do you really think we need this many drugs? I said, I don't know. I said, I've never taken a drug in my life. But I said, my father died fairly young and I don't really know why, but, but I knew that it wasn't because of bad health. It's after he went to see the doctor and he died young. He was 49. So then I began to investigate and I realized that everything I was going to learn in conventional medicine was going to harm somebody. And I said, I just can't do that. So I eventually quit the whole process and I went strictly into research behind the scenes, trying to influence what was being done with the way concepts were being evaluated, the way people were being treated or evaluated. And I realized that in the, in the post-open heart surgical suites or in the post-recovery areas, with, let's say it was cancer or cardiovascular or whatever else, the nurses had a huge impact. And if the doctors over the nurses were very negative, then the nurses might not be very positive with their patients and the patients wouldn't do as well as they could because the negative influence of the people at the head of the, of the queue of, of what was happening with their patients was not positive. So I thought, wow, that's not good. So then I started studying and studying and studying and took hundreds of hours of study. And one of those studies related to doing emotional release work. And I thought, I didn't even want to go. I lived in Texas at the time. And I said, I, I don't want to go to this thing. It's psychobabble stuff. I've seen psychologists, and I don't mean to say totally negative things about psychologists, but for me, it didn't help. There's a lot of jaw jack and talk. 
did nothing for me. Yeah, I did 10 years. And like yapping doesn't get you anywhere. Yapping <laughs> didn't get me anywhere. So I thought, but what I learned was when I went, I met 10 to 15 doctors that were doing emotional release on all kinds of different levels. Some of it called recall healing. Some of it called evox, which is a generic term. But then I, de I decided I needed to learn from everybody and release all of it and show people how to release all of it because the only person that can really release their stuff is the person doing the work. And, and, and being a very kind of a competitive person, whether it's in sports or, or helping people heal, the slower they heal, the worse it is for them. So people would come to me when I decided to become a naturopath and study to become a naturopath and then eventually became, um, did all the testing and whatever for natu uh, naturopathy. I realized that the missing link for everybody was emotions, okay? Long before when, when this doctor showed me how to reverse cardiovascular blockage in the neck, they didn't need a carotid endarterectomy. They needed to have some emotional work done, and they needed to do a proper diet. I said, well, I can do that. So then when I got my credentials to become a naturopathic doctor, then I focused a lot on the emotions because I found that 100% of everybody with, with a cardiovascular problem had an emotional problem first. Everybody with cancer had an emotional problem first. And then the, the cancer, the people with cancer, nobody was dying of cancer. They're dying of fear and treatment. Well, that's not good. Then I looked at this study overseas where the top five reasons why a person was passing away after a diagnosis of cancer, the top five reasons wasn't cancer. It was, it was chemotherapy, radiation, then emotions, and starvation, and then hospice. None of those are cancer, as you notice, right? None of them. Then I started looking. I went, 97% of the people that do conventional treatment die of treatment, indirectly or directly. Yeah, my father died of his cancer treatments. He, he oh hadn't had any cancer treatments for his esophageal cancer. He would have lived years, years longer if he had oh my gosh. done something else. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious, Wendy. So when I realized that, then I really started working on the emotional side of things and realized I can incorporate all the recall healing, all the emotional release work, all the energetic work, all the impacts of everything about health that relates, first of all, emotionally. So take a woman with breast issues. I talked to a lady yesterday with breast issues, right-sided breast. What happened to this lady with a right-sided breast tumor? Okay, the biopsy told her little to nothing, but caused a lot of fear, caused her to want to do PET scans and CAT scans and all this kind of stuff. Well, then when, when you look at the research, a PET scan and a CAT scan cannot tell you if it's cancer. If it could tell you if it's cancer, they wouldn't do a biopsy. What did Dr. Ravici tell us about doing a biopsy? 87% of the time, 87% of the time, it spreads the cancer that would not otherwise spread. So it's not the tumor that's the issue. It's doing something to the tumor. What happens when they biopsy a prostate tumor? Spreads it. Uh, biopsy any tumor? Spreads it. 87% of the time. When did we learn this? 1938. Yeah, that's Why what happened to my father. That happened to my father. They biopsied his tumor, then they cut out, cut it out, cut it off of his esophagus after they radiated it. All the tissue was destroyed and exactly. uh, totally weak. And then they cut it out and then it spread to his liver and I, I, somewhere else, I forget. But then they tried to, uh, his sutures 
uh, because the tissue was so destroyed. Within six weeks, he bled out from his sutures because they couldn't hold because the, the radiated Yeah, it was tissue. all friable tissue, right? It was all fried, yeah. So with the lady I talked to the other day that had a breast tumor, first of all, they biopsied, which wasn't a good idea, so that causes spreading cancer. Who deals with spreading cancer in the United States? Nobody. What did Dr. Weinberg say in Stanford University? If you give chemotherapy, it will make your, your cancer worse. In a, in a presentation that's on video that you can find anywhere on the internet, Dr. Weinberg, Stanford University, spreading tumors, spreading cancer, chemotherapy. Okay, so we know that happens. So if we know that happens. What other group of people in the world know about spreading cancer? The Chinese. What do they know about emotions and cancer? The Chinese know about emotions and cancer. The, the, it was the Chinese that taught me that all the emotions are held in the governing vessel, which goes from your lip to your tailbone, and all emotions for all time are held in the governing vessel and trapped to be released somewhere in your body as a result of possibly some trauma. What was the trauma for the lady that had the right-sided tumor in her breast? A miscarriage. You show me any woman that's had a miscarriage, and I promise you, 99% of the time, they've never gotten over it unless someone's really helped them to release it. And for the people that believe that they're created, all I have to simply do is remind them that to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of God. To be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the creator. Well, where is the creator? It's in our heart. Where do we feel that? We feel it in our heart. When you feel love for your child, you feel it in your heart right? That creation is in your heart. That's why the heart chakra is so important. The heart energy center that I learned from the, the Chinese predominantly is that the heart center of the body is in the heart chakra connecting to the pericardium, connected to the liver, connected to the lungs, connected to the blood, connected to the blood flowing to your brain, and on and on it goes. So what dominates that, what can dominate that heart is a wound. So for this, this woman, heart tumor, I mean, a, a tumor in the right breast, connected to the loss of the child, but married to somebody who is not very nice to her, very controlling to her, very condemning to her, right-sided tumor, husband, female. And then before that, father was the same way. Okay, so what is the epigenetics that we learned about the epigenetics? It's a transfer of information through the DNA. When the transfer of that energy through the DNA hits that person, they can either take it, or deal with it, accept them, do something about it. If you've ever met a negative person in your life, where do they learn to be negative? What does negativity give a person? It gives them the sense of control. It's a false sense of control, but where do they learn it from? Their parents. One parent or another, if a person's negative, they didn't all, all of a sudden become spontaneously negative. But when you test these people and you find out that negativity gives them power, but they don't want to pass it on to their children, but they're negative, what are they passing on to their children? The same thing they try to avoid from their parent. So what happens is a person tries to avoid being that parent that was negative, and they become so much that person that they become the same negative person their parent was. How do you do that? Well, you send love. How do you do that? How do you send negativity to a person who just sucks all the life out of you like a psychic vampire, right? How do you do that? You send love to that person no matter who it is. When I've dealt with abused women who have been molested as children, how do you help that person release that issue of that molestation as a child, which happens 78% of the time? 
78% of the time a child has been touched inappropriately, 78% of the time, or their parent has been touched inappropriately, what happens is that message goes down through the DNA. So that's the DNA and information that passes down to the DNA and passes down to the DNA. How do I help? Like, for example, I'll never forget this lady was very strong. And when I told her that she needed to pray for her abuser, which was multiple abusers through her mother who exposed her to multiple abuse for her own joy, she kept blaming her mother. But why did she get abused as a child? Because her father left the family and, and, and got connected to a woman in a circus who turned out to be a prostitute first and then was in the circus. And then he connected with her and that woman killed her father. So who abandoned her? It was her father. Where was most of her stuff coming from? She had, she had a, a blood disorder called hypogammaglobinemia, which is a blood disorder in the spleen. What is the spleen? That's where the emotions are held for the, the ancestral bloodline, that spleen. What is leukemia? It's a defiling of the ancestral bloodline. So as soon as you, and it could be physical, it could be emotional, it could be whatever it is, but as soon as you let a person see the spoiling of their bloodline, what was hers? Praying for her father. Her, she was a Christian, but a very angry one. <laughs> Jesus, show me how to love my father unconditionally, release him with forgiveness. Please release him with forgiveness. She cried on that first session. She goes, I don't cry because a lot of abused people that are adults and abuse as children, they'll never cry because of control. They never want to show weakness. She cried. So what did she keep doing? She kept praying for her father. Jesus, show me to love my father unconditionally, release with forgiveness. She wrote a book about abuse. It was all negative. She changed her book. But the only way to release from the abuse, whether it's physical abuse or spousal abuse or whatever other kind of abuse, emotional abuse, which negativity is emotional abuse, the only way to release that is send love to that person. Then you're free. You ask any person who's ever had a negative relationship, man or woman, the way that you stay badly connected to that person is through anger. So if you don't want to stay hooked to that person, you send them love. So for the generic side of it is creators, show me how to love that person unconditionally and release them with forgiveness. Reveal my true nature. What do I need to do? So we ask the creator, show us how to, re how to release our true nature. And now we're tapping into our heart. The heart for everybody is the center of our understanding. So the divine nature of all human beings is in the core center of our heart. And if that liver is blocked because of anger and grudge, how do we know that? Meet somebody with sciatica pain, grudge. The top five reasons why somebody has sciatica is grudge. Holding on to a grudge, smothered in anger. What is liver cancer? It's anger, but it's also a fear of lack. So if someone has liver cancer, you're not going to get rid of the liver cancer by, by poisoning them with more poison because their liver is already incapable of handling anything. What's the number one thing for all people across all boundaries for pain, failing at cancer recovery, which is, I don't, I'm not talking about conventional treatment because that always fails, but what is the number one cause of people not succeeding in the recovery of whatever it is they're trying to recover from? Dehydration. We need to hydrate with distilled water that you make yourself with a quarter teaspoon of sea salt, not Himalayan salt, you put a quarter teaspoon of sea salt per liter, now you will hydrate, but you take your water in glass bottles and you drink it and you hold it in your mouth for a moment or two, and that water with the sea salt, which is the same thing they give you in an emergency room, what do they give you in the emergency room? Normal saline. What's normal saline? Sea salt and water. So that hydrates you, but then hydrates your liver, then hydrates the rest of your body, and the liver in... in Asian medicine, the liver is the mother of the heart. 
So if you have anger, you can't feel love. You All you can feel is pain. So if you look at anybody with a heart problem, show me their liver. Check their liver, you'll find anger. So what's the best thing we can do for our children? We think we know our children so well. I promise you we don't. We don't know them well enough to know what they need. So we ask the creator to reveal the true nature. What do they need? Coming out of their mouth will blurt out something to you and go, wow, I didn't know they were thinking of that. What does a child need? Hours and hours of attention? No. You walk by the child and he's working on a model of something. You sit down and say, child, what are you working on? Oh, daddy, nothing. Well, no, it's something. What is that? They'll say nothing because they don't want to, they think you're too busy. They don't need an hour or two. They need 10 minutes of attention. Well, tell me, show me what you're working on and just stay there until they show you. Now you've honored your child by giving them the attention they need. So it's that little bit of special time. What's going on right now? There's this, this demic going around the world. I don't know what to call it. It's just a demic. What is it? It's just fear. I don't know anybody in my constituency of people that I'm working with. I don't know one person from the age of my grandchild up to the oldest person I've got. Not one person is sick. They're all doing well. Why? Because they all hydrate. They're all doing their emotional release work. They've rejected the fear. So what is the first thing I hear from somebody that comes to get some cancer testing? I'm so afraid. Why are you so afraid? Well, the doctor said, if I don't listen to it, it's going to die. Really? Never follow the train of thought fear. Fear is the opposite of love. Fear is the opposite of peace of mind. And if you believe in divine health, which I do, I'll be 70 on my next birthday, which is a few days from now, May 3rd. I'll be 70 years old. I've never had anything wrong ever in my life. I've broken 14 bones from acting crazy on motorcycles and bikes and whatever else, throwing off horses and football injuries, whatever else. I've never had a drug, but once when I had to get operated on and they would not operate unless I took 15 minutes of antibiotics. I took 15 minutes of antibiotics and no pain drugs. I, within seven days, I got acupuncture. Now that I have the tools like my son uses in his practice to get rid of pain, put a frequency device on a broken bone, and within seven to 10 days, it's healed. Done. What is the crux of everybody's issues right now? Everybody is low in minerals. Why are they low in minerals? They're low in minerals because of frequencies. What kind of frequencies? This kind of frequencies. Cell phones are jacking up everybody's frequencies, so they're demineralizing. They're dehydrated. They're constipated. They got bludgeoned by their by their smart meters. Everybody's got a, a smart meter. You stand in front of that smart meter for just a few seconds, and I promise you, your heart's going to hurt. The right center of your chest is going to hurt because I've stood in front of that, and it will hurt because the negative energy of that thing is bludgeoning your energy point. If you do a heart monitor and stand in front of a smart meter, you'll get your answer. What is the smart meters doing to thyroid issues? Bludgeoning the thyroid. So don't sit next to your modem. Put a cloth over your modem. Hardwire your modem. Turn off your modems at night. Put a, put a little meter on it. That's what I had to do because I couldn't remember to turn this stupid thing off. So we hardwired everything now. But even then, I don't want it even functioning in the house, so we put a cloth over it, and we hardwired everything from the modem to everywhere in the house, so it's all hardwired. And at night, there's a, the, the electricity turns off to the meter. I took the smart meter, and I put this on the back of it. I get this device from California, and I put that on the smart meter. Now the smart meter that sends out normally negative, horrific energy sends out very positive energy, very healing energy. Because you can't block any energy. That's impossible. It's just not going to happen. 
okay? But you could put something on the meter to send out positive energy. And we discovered that in some experiments with, a, with an inventor in California. And to transmute it? Transmute. Yeah, it changes it to a wonderful positive energy, like you're being healed. Because what does this do when you put this under your water, when you put this under your food? It knocks out the chaos. What's it called? It's called a, a Trivortex disc. Okay. And it's magnificent. And so I have it on all my phones, all of my healing devices, on the back of tablets. You're so full of knowledge. You have so much experience working with, with cancer patients and people with pain. And, and what I, I really want to get to the root of is that you believe that everyone that is ill, that it's a physical issue, but the underlying root cause is emotional trauma. And Absolutely. you really focus very much on emotional trauma and energy medicine or bioenergetics in your practice. Can you expand on that a little bit about uh, emotional trauma and how, you know, you know, kind of how, how you work with people to, uh, you know, uncover their emotional traumas and what you do to release it? Yeah, absolutely. Michael will tell you, um, when we first started, first started working together before he became a naturopath, he said he'd get calls from people and they said, you know, yeah, yeah, I was talking to your dad and while we're working together, he's doing something. I don't know what he's doing. He doesn't really explain very much because I don't really care because whatever I went to him for is gone. There's a lot of information in books. This book, for example, one of the best encyclopedias of emotional work in the world is this book. It's called The Complete Dictionary of Ailments and Diseases by uh, Jacques Martel, magnificent book. So you look up something like shoulders, okay? So we look up shoulders. Shoulders is carrying the burdens that were not yours to carry, too heavy for you. So when people have shoulder pain, they're carrying the burdens that are too heavy for them. Why are they doing that, okay? Because no one else is gonna do it. So they're rescuing somebody, okay? The lady I, I mentioned a while ago that had a breast tumor, why does she have a breast tumor? Because the stress of her marriage, which is male, not very nurturing. Why did she marry somebody who wasn't very nurturing? We tested it. It was her father. She's trying to repair the relationship to her father. So what did that do? The breast for the woman is the nest. The prostate for the man is the nest. So let's say that the man has prostate issues. Something in the family lineage defiled the family unit. Something happened. What happened could be any number of things. The father was not very pleasant to the wife. The father cheated on the wife. The wife cheated on the father. Whatever the case may be, the, the child picks that up. So now he's going to fix it in his generation. So it's generational stuff. I just say it's very simple. The DNA carries all emotions. So what do we do? We connect to an electrode that, that monitors the person's energy and tells us something about the person's energy. So a person I did earlier, they, they had no, no belief in their own abilities to heal. Why? Well, they said, well, I want to heal. They had no chance of wanting to heal. So they'll tell everybody around them they want to heal, but they had no will to live. Why they have no will to live? Because they felt like a failure. What does that manifest in? Dementia and Alzheimer's. What happens with dementia and Alzheimer's? What happens when your brain shuts down? What's the perfect place to hide in a demented brain, in an Alzheimer's brain? What's exacerbating that lack of hydration? What's exacerbating that cell phones to the head? So we have all these stressors. We have emotional stress, let's say from spouse to spouse. You show me somebody with dementia and Alzheimer's, I will show you somebody that's living under emotional stress, one way or the other, man to the wife or wife to the man. 
Oh, we have a great marriage. Like my son, Danny, will tell you, Baba is a human truth detector. I can't tell him anything that he already doesn't know the story. Why? We're all connected to the one that created us. We're all connected around the world. So we can get involved. We can listen to the news and get all wound up and negatively stimulated by the news. That's what they want to happen. What should we really do? Turn off the television. Take your your daughter, your, your spouse, hand in hand. Walk down the street without your cell phone. How many people do you see walking down the street looking at the phones? So what's happening right now? People are negatively stimulated. Where do they go to get their stimulation all day long? Facebook. Horrible. TikTok. Horrible. I'll spread all this negative news. What, what are we doing? We're bludgeoning our brains with negative news. You show me that somebody that's on Facebook and TikTok and, and Twitter and all that all day long, all day long, all day long, and all they're getting is the negative stuff, I'll show you somebody with anxiety. I'll show you the children with anxiety. I'll show you the parents separated from their children and on and on it goes. Everybody should take all of their cell phones, put them into a lead box, put them away at six o'clock at night, period. Six o'clock at night until bedtime, paper some kind of paper, books. So we talk to our children. We share with our children. My son, Daniel, my 19-year-old, he'll call me now and he'll talk for two hours nonstop. So I just try to make sure I talk to him at the end of the day because I know he's going to go on and on and on. And I'm going to listen to him <laughs> because he's got a lot to talk about. He's had a whole day's worth or week's worth or month's worth. He's a senior in college. He's doing very well. So where do the emotions come from? Breast is the home. Prostate is the home. Okay, leukemia is from uh, downward inputs of, of uh, spoiling of the family bloodline. It's all recoverable. Nobody recovers from chemotherapy except 1% of the time, 2% of the time. So why do that? Why go there first? You know, don't use the excuse that the doctor said. We're as smart as any doctor. I was a whole lot smarter before I ever became under, you know, before I started studying anything about doctors. How did I learn that? 23 years after or 26 years after my father died, I found out the doctors killed him with a drug. My father didn't die at 49 years old because he was unhealthy. My doctor died at the hands of a doctor giving him a wrong drug. They killed him. They gave him a drug for pain and killed him. We live in divine health. My father told us when I was 14 years old, if you're ever sick, it's either spiritual, emotional, get over it. Now, here I am at 70 years old, never been sick. And he was an attorney. And he was an that. attorney, for and goodness sake. That if you're sick, it's emotional or spiritual. Spiritual. Yeah. So I want. I wanted to talk about. You know, because I did this this uh, Evox Zyto scan, and mm-hmm. it was so amazing. And so this is kind of the the starting point that you okay. you do when you're working with people. Yeah. Because you know, the Zyto scan, it's a bioenergetic scan, much like like Ness Health, but it yeah. has five hundred thousand different data points, including your emotional traumas and. It's exactly. really compelling. And so tell us a little bit about that scan and, and why you use it with your patients. Well, I'll tell you, number one is it's about a two-hour scan, and it tells me everything about emotional, spiritual, physical, every organ, what organs are out of balance in priority. If I had to do that on my own, it would take me about 40 or 50 hours of doing that on my own. So the doctor that created this is just a genius, and he wanted it organized so anybody could be a genius like him. He was very understanding of how the human body worked. Years later, I'm now using this technology that he he created the software to use within the platform. The platform is a um, is an electrode 
The electrode is just a way for me to connect with anybody in the world. I can work with someone in Timbuktu. I can work with somebody in Italy. I can work with someone in Pakistan. I can work with somebody in China or New York or or Boston. It doesn't matter where they are. I can get a reading from them, and then I can look at the reading, and I can I can tell like mental blocks to healing. Now imagine this. I was working with a very successful, very determined guy, and what was his mental block to healing? That if he died, nobody would care. Now that's not a very positive thought. And when we talked about that, he said, oh my God. He said, I always wondered that my whole life. If I passed away tomorrow, would anybody remember me? What was the number one thing, though, above that, out of, out of 27 different mental blocks to healing, which would have taken me weeks to discover, one test tells me if he is healed, it's not safe for everybody else. What does that mean? He's developed a way of living in his family that everybody expects a certain thing. But is it this family or the family he came from? The parent from the family that he came from is still the same person growing up and they've never changed. So if I become the positive person, then I'm somehow disenfranchising myself from my own parents. So it's scary to be better because I'm all of a sudden losing my power. What's negativity? Power. What is it? What was his mental blocks to healing if I get better? It's not safe for everybody else. Think about that. It makes no sense. No will to live. You think this vibrant person, this successful vibrant person has a will to live. He said, no, no will to live. It's not safe for me to heal. He went to a certain type of school that taught idolatry, statues and everything. And he, you know, idolatry. It's a separation of, of, our, of our spiritual self, the creator. So it doesn't matter what it is. You can call it Christian. You can call it Hindu. It's still the same idolatry. It doesn't matter. It's still idolatry. So there was no spiritual nature in this person. So as soon as I see those things, and I, I very quickly go through these, these results, and then I look at his scan, and I can see all of his brain functions out of the top 20 things. The brain is out of balance on 7 out of 20. What do you think I better do? I better help him get his brain in order because that person who's in their in, in their early age, is on a is on a road for dementia. What happened to his grandfather? Dementia. What did he think is possible for him? Dementia. No, it's not possible for him if he does the things he needs to do. We went back and looked at what was the relationship between grandmother and grandfather. It wasn't good. Why did grandpa get demented? Because grandma was really gnarly, very negative person. So what did grandpa do? He went into his shell. Where was his shell? Dementia separating himself from his environment. And what, what was the other part of this person's challenge? Shoulders. What showed up in the very first part of his scan? Joints. Why joints? Because he's carrying the burden of himself, his father, and his father's father. Because it wasn't safe to be positive. Wow. So in one scan, and, and the other thing we look at, we look at all the cancer levels. We look at 20 different levels of cancer, and we look at what is it going to take to resolve those cancers, and we can tell you very, very clearly where the stress of the body is that allows the cancer to grow. Cancer never kills anybody, period, full stop. The treatment of cancer, the in inappropriate dealing with cancer is what causes people to succumb. And the lack the, of not addressing emotional trauma. The lack of not addressing emotional trauma. So if you don't address the, the emotional trauma, then you end up being easily manipulated, talked into doing something that's poisonous, starving to death because you did chemo radiation, 
becoming emotionally disenfranchised from yourself because you're already emotionally franchised, disenfranchised from your own understanding about yourself. Then you become depressed because now you're sick as a dog and you did it to please everybody else in your family because that was your emotional construct. What did they find out when they did research about this? Why did most people do the conventional train, the treatment? Because my family wanted me to do it. Okay, well, maybe your family just wanted you to be healthy. Why not investigate alternatives? Everybody's smart. My children are all smart. Your children are smart. We can all discover what's appropriate. We can go back and study the basics of this. But what stops is emotional trauma, the unworthiness of knowing the doctor's smarter than me. What is that statement? Because I'm not smart. The lady that cleans my house, she's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. There's stuff that she knows how to do. I know how to do. I told this morning, I said, you know, you're just absolutely brilliant. Oh, I'm just not smart. I said, if you say it one more time, I'm going to fire you. I said, why do you say that? I don't know. Because somebody said it to her as a child. Who said it to her as a child? Her mother. What happened to her mother? Her mother was mentally ill. Why was her mother mentally ill? Because she had a trauma as a child. Nobody ever addressed it. Her mother had a really messed up gut. What did that cause? A form of, of schizophrenia, bipolar so her mother told her all this negative stuff as a child. So what's going on right now? The emotional trauma is causing her to be obese. She's 100 pounds overweight. Why? To be safe. That's what a majority of weight issue is, not being safe. If anybody listening said, I'm safe, I'm safe, and they tested themselves, and I can teach you very easy how to test yourself, I'm safe, majority of the people are not safe. You just take a phrase, like I used this morning, uh, Wendy, with somebody. What was the phrase? A very simple phrase. I deserve to feel safe, comfortable, and confident in my body with a very successful person who doesn't sleep at night because he doesn't feel those things. He's not safe in his own body. Why? Because he felt that way growing up in his childhood. Now he's not safe. His family's not safe with him. I don't know what to do about it, so I'm going to work a little harder. I'm going to work six days a week. I'm going to work seven days a week. I'm going to work 14 hours a day. I'm going to work 15 hours a day. And my son is never positive because what am I doing? I don't spend any time with my family because I'm not safe. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. I got to save my family for myself. So I'm going to work and work and work and work and work. Everybody listening to this, to this uh, podcast can get one simple book and everybody should get this simple book called feelings buried alive, never die. And then you go through this book and you look at what does this mean? What does it mean to me? So how do you do it? Just, just say you've got a problem with respiratory. What is respiratory? Lack of love. Somebody has, I've had asthma my whole life. Brave. I promise you, a person Brave. reads that and they look in this book, feeling buried alive, never die, lack of love. What is Lyme disease? Lack of love. You know how many, you know how many active Lyme I could have in my body right now when I tested a couple weeks ago? Three active Lyme. Do I look like I've got Lyme disease? No. What is Lyme disease? Lack of love. 100% of the time, if you give me a person that has Lyme, I promise you there's a lack of love consciously or subconsciously, and they're trying to live up to an expectation that's not real. They're not living for themselves. They're not accepting love for themselves, and they don't feel love from around themselves. What's a parasite? A parasite, same thing for a different reason, lack of we love. All have paras- we all have parasites and fungus and mold and, and Everybody all this stuff. Does. All of us have that, and people so it, focus so much on this. Why? What are, what are they doing wrong? It's natural because they think this, this, this little microbe has some kind of control over them. Are you kidding me? Stop eating genetically modified foods. Stop eating GMO foods. Stop eating crap. 
We're making holes in your gut. Everybody's got parasites. Everybody's got fungus. Everybody's got Lyme. Everybody's got all kinds of bacteria issues. Everybody, when it manifests, like I had a patient the other day had had psoriasis in their ankle. Why do they have psoriasis in their ankle? Guess what it related to? When they were younger, they kept spraining their ankle to where they could no longer play basketball, and they were looked at like some kind of a wuss by their buddies. They're carrying that shame. Shame is fungus, and what's all psoriasis? Fungal-based. What is all fungus in everybody's body? Dandruff in the, in the head. Fungus. What's fungus? Devaluation conflict. Everything has an associative emotion with it. If someone's got a fungal issue coming out of their toes, I promise you it's riddling their body. All they do is look in the mirror, look at their tongue. If they got fungus on their tongue, they could just email me and I'll tell them everything about their tongue in a matter of seconds. And this is where it is and this is why it is. And if you got fungus on your kidneys and it shows up on your tongue, then the tongue shows where your kidneys are with a little image we could send them. If it's, if it's fungus on the kidneys, that means they are living in fear. So where's the weakness? In the kidneys. Kidney is isolation as well. I think a lot, a, lot of people, a lot of people have Last. kidney issues from this whole pandemic, from isolation and fear. Exactly, Wendy. Exactly. And guess what else is happening across the board? Ask how many women that you connect with through all of your thousands of podcasts and all the people that connect you with you. Just ask everybody, how many have a bladder infection when, the, when this pandemic started? Why? Territorial. What do you mean territorial? What does a male dog do? A male dog goes out and marks territory with their urine. What is a woman's bladder doing when the, when the husband's all of a sudden home because of, the, because of this current demic? So everybody's home, everybody's in the woman's way and blah, blah, blah. Or the woman's home and the husband, whatever. It's territory stress. What's territory stress? Bladder. 100% of the time when we see with urinary tract infections, something changed in the family unit. Somebody came home more than before. What happens when the man or the woman retires, now they're home, whereas before they weren't home? It's interesting. When I first got together with my husband, the first six months I had a bladder infection. I couldn't get rid of it no matter what I did. Yes. What I did. Because yes. he moved in really, really quickly. And we kind of, you know, shacked up, really, you know, really kind of like, uh, you know, connected and very, yes. very too quick. And I, I just had this nothing work to clear up these bladder infections. It was really mysterious to me. Exactly. Not and it anymore. will never work until you fix the underlying problem. This lady that called me yesterday, she's going to call me back again today. I said, I need more time with you to get you empowered. This lady was a very successful in her business. Her husband told her if she didn't quit, that he'd get a vasectomy. She had a problem with the, with the first child. She didn't quit got a vasectomy, now she's got a tumor in her breast. Where do you think that came from? From that action. So every action has a reaction in the body, but every reaction in the body can be evaluated. How do we do that? I don't really care what you pick up. My, my choice of picking something up and reading out loud, so the only voice I hear is the voice of God speaking through me, I pick up the Bible and read out loud. They go, well, I read the Bible all the time. Right, well, Where's the manifestation of it? Show me the proof. And this is not a condemning statement. It's like when someone's in fear, how can you have fear and faith? Fear and faith cannot harbor the same space, whatever your faith is. I don't care what your faith is. Fear and faith cannot harbor the same space. So pick up a Bible and pick up Lao Tzu, pick up whatever you want, pick up Pablo Neruda's love son. It's my favorite of all time. Caused me to start writing poems. A man loved his wife. Oh my goodness gracious. Pick up Pablo Neruda's love son. It's a read out loud. What does that do? It takes the stress right out of the breast. 
for a woman that has breast cancer. This love that she reads about this love that Pablo Neruda had for his wife. What's colon cancer? Colon cancer is holding on to old crap, literally and figuratively. When they do a colonoscopy, they go in and snip that thing that's in the colon. What if that's cancer? And now you've just cut the very thing that the body made into a little little mini tumor, right? Little polyp, which is a little mini tumor. They've now cut it and spread it. Good idea, bad idea. I don't think it's a good idea. I wouldn't do it. If you could ever trust somebody to go do an evaluation without cutting on you, then go ahead and do it. I don't see the point. Everybody I've ever met has got something growing in their body. Everybody, because that's what the body does. People don't die of cancer. They, they die of the, of the emotional conflict that's put their cancer out of control. Lymphoma, what's lymphoma? It's a devaluation conflict. You show me somebody with lymphoma, I promise you they've had some devaluation conflict in their life. It's a highly fungal-driven cancer. Read the book, Fungus Link to Cancer, for goodness sakes. Look at, look at Simon Sini's uh, work in, in Italy, where he'd open people up as a surgeon. He said, every tumor was surrounded by fungus. Well, solve that problem. What is the fungus there? It's a devaluation. Understand, we are designed, we are created to deal with anything, okay? One of my best friends in Texas, devoutly spiritual man, He's older than me. I think he's 77 or 78. He used to hold the flag for DDT. And they just go right over the top. He said it was the sweetest melon stuff. And then we used to chase it on our bikes as we watched the plane spreading DDT. No cancer issues. The guy works 80, 90 hours a week. One of the healthiest people I know lives in divine health. Does that mean he's always doing the right thing? Not necessarily. At some point, because of his faith, he decided to stop drinking because he was a complete jackass when he drank. So he decided not to do that anymore. And he turned out to be a really nice guy when he wasn't drinking. Why is that? Because anger is held in the liver. You keep putting alcohol into the liver. What does alcohol do? It separates you from your spiritual nature. Now you're going to bludgeon your heart through your liver, and you're completely disenfranchised and full of anger. So you can't even feel alive when it's there. So why do people drink more? Because they can't feel love. So they drink more to get more love, and they just become hard to be around. So he stopped drinking. And now all of a sudden, he's not that same guy. Okay, so his liver is healed. He's a happier guy. And the liver is anger for sure. Okay, the spleen is all about purification or bloodline. Lymphoma, what is lymphatics? Lymphatics is where we carry our shame. And what is gorging through every woman's breast more so than any of the other human body is lymphatic tissue. So you get dehydrated. What you're gonna, what you, what's going to happen is you're going to carry more stress in your breast with the lymphatics being clogged. If you've ever done lymphatic work, everybody knows as soon as you do the lymphatic work and you hydrate yourself and do more lymphatic work and, and, and take care of that, all of a sudden you lose all the stress. You feel very much at peace. There's a very good word I learned from a doctor at Mayo Clinic, reverse logic. Use the reverse logic. Start with the problem and with branching logic, work back to the source of the problem. You work back to the source of the problem. You'll figure out how it got there in the first place. What is emotional work? Getting back to the source of the problem. It's so powerful, like how, how you work with people, because you work with me, you worked with my business partner. I you know connected you with uh, another client. I mean, I've sent like dozens of clients uh, to mm -hmm. you guys, you know, after my experience working mm -hmm. with you. And, and you're also just so heart centered, like you care so much and uh, so much more than any practitioners that, I, that I've worked with. And, and I just, I really and encourage people if you're dealing with a serious health issue 
and you know in your heart that maybe you haven't done any emotional trauma work or it might be at the root cause of your, your health issues, which we know that it is, I encourage you to reach out to Dr. Rankin and just experience working with him for yourself because it, it was truly profound for me. And I'm going to be coming out every five weeks to do like the whole series of treatments that I did. They're such cutting edge stuff. And, and yeah, and what you also do is you monitor the, you monitor the success of what it is that you're doing, if it's working or not. And that's, exactly. that's what is missing from a lot of practitioners or they're not, you know, they might do like test to test to test. And, you know, like you, you mentioned that they'll do like an MRI or they'll, they'll do some other tests or another functional medicine test and just keep testing. But, but really it doesn't really track the progress of, of success. Not so, at all, Wendy. Tell, tell us about what, what you do to track what you're doing, whether it's working or This not. is really important. You know, I heard the words when I was back before I became a naturopath and I was just doing research. I heard this word remission. I didn't understand what it meant, and it made no sense to me. And so I just started thinking about what does remission mean? Well, it means nothing because they're using a, a visual evaluation to determine if somebody is is in remission or they're doing some kind of a test that tells them nothing about being remission. People are not necessarily in remission. If they don't do the proper test like we do to monitor the progress over weeks and months, they don't know if it's going up or down. Do you realize that the tumor marker test they give you can actually go up when your tumor is dying? We can monitor that. We can see if the organs are getting out of balance. When by the time pain hits a patient, they are long past the point of crisis mode. They need to step back before they go out to do whatever they're going to do. Do you realize that we work with somebody that still that decides to do the conventional treatment, that we can help them do whatever they're doing without pain? And why this doesn't happen is beyond me. But if you look at our, test, our website, testingcancer.com, you'll see all these different issues and how they manifest physiologically in the body. We can see where the cancer is at the beginning. We can see where it is six weeks later and six weeks later and six weeks later. We can tell them different things that are optional and available to, for them to use. They can track it themselves, okay? We have a device. I can monitor them with this device in my office and tell what the level of the energy is in their body. If the level of energy in their body is too low to survive, don't you think you better do something about that? Absolutely. And there's many things they can take home and use on themselves to build up their energy. There's many types of juicing protocols. What's the right juicing protocol? We test them and find out what is the right juicing protocol. So many of these websites and so many things on Facebook and other places are generic, generic, generic. Well, just because mistletoe works on somebody doesn't mean it's going to work on somebody else. When someone says, well, I'm going to use some type of protocol, how do you know it works for you? You don't know. We do a test to find out what's supposed to work and then monitor and see if it's working. I can literally tell without talking to the patient whether or not they're following my protocol. And I promise you, if they haven't followed my protocol, we do a, we do a, a five-week test every five weeks. And we, we, we organize that up front. And on the fifth week, we do another test. And I said, well, they go, I'm sorry. I wasn't really doing this. And they said, you see that? I say, I see that. I said, your, your bacteria is out of control, but your fungus is getting better. So we're able to monitor people and we're able to determine if they're staying on course or not. 
and then we can predict ahead of time. But let me give you one simple thing that everybody can do right now today. You get a proper test measuring your pH. We use a Halcyon test from, you can get it on Amazon and all kinds of places. We found it to be the most accurate. You measure your saliva in the morning. So you spit three times on the fourth spit, you measure your saliva. That gives you a foundation of pH and gives you a bellwether of survival. If the pH is below 6.5 and stays below 6.5 and keeps creeping down, the chance of survival is very little because physiologically the body is, is falling apart. It should be seven and above. What else do we monitor? Dr. Avicii told us to monitor the urine pH in the morning and at the night, 12 hours later. And if the pH goes above and below 6.2, then we know the body is cycling. The body is supposed to cycle. It's not supposed to say high or low. If someone's pH in the morning is, is 6.8 and they think it's good and it's 6.8 in the afternoon, that means they're constipated because they got a stuck pH. It's not supposed to be stuck. It should go above and below 6.2. Anybody can do this, right? They can monitor their saliva. They can monitor their, their urine. They can do it themselves. So that's a very simple way of doing it. If they want something more sophisticated, they can just email me or my son. And my, I don't know how many thousands of tests Michael has done, but we together sit down with every test that someone does and we tell them what it means. We did a test for somebody. There was very little cancer in their blood, very little in their urine. So a tumor marker test would show them very little, but their spreading cancer number was off the charts. What caused it to be off the charts? They were doing radiation after radiation with, with mammograms after mammograms after mammograms after mammograms. So their spreading cancer was off the charts. They don't do something to get that under control. They're going to have a spreading cancer by the time they find it. Cancer doesn't spread just haphazardly. People don't get cancer here, cancer there for, for some unknown reason. We know, the, you know, we know the reason. Dr. Hammer showed us the reason with recall healing. That's why we incorporate all of that with our emotional work. That's why we do all the testing on the scans that I do. I can tell what emotional, spiritual, and personal blocks are there. And I promise you, Wendy, if I do that scan and it prioritizes the top 20 things in the first part of the scan and emotions are the top three, if there's only one in the top three, guess what we're going to work on for sure. 100% of the time, if they've got more than two mental blocks to healing, they almost never have two. They always have eight or 10 or 12 or 15. And then we're able to correlate all of that information, tell them to do a laser detox, tell them to do a colon uh, cleanse, tell them to work with a colon hydrotherapist, tell them to do a water fast when they get strong enough and get mo and monitor them while they're doing that. Then we monitor them again and we find out their numbers have gone down. Now we know they're going in the right in the right order. As soon as your body clears up, guess what clears up? Your tongue. Anybody can look at their tongue and see if it's white. Anybody can look at their tongue and see ridges along their, their tongue if they've got lymphatic congestion. Everybody, you saw it. You know how to do it. We teach everybody to do that. We want people to monitor themselves and they want to get more sophisticated and come and talk to us. Anywhere in the world will do this. As you know, for a patient here, I'm sending something to England where it's totally locked down. I don't care if it's locked down. I can test them anyway. And I love that you use the cytoscan to, I mean, it's just a, a very quick test, you know, relatively, but it, it's like a hundred functional medical tests in one and it, because everything has an energetic frequency that can be measured. Everything, everything. Everything. And this is what people don't understand that energy medicine is the medicine of the future. People spend so much money and thousands of dollars on all these different tests and 
why do that? Why do this one test for parasites and what that one test for high blood pressure and that one test for this and this blah, 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 blah. When you can do like, uh, you know, there's all different types of bioenergetic tests, the Zyto test, 500,000 different data points. It's, it's, it's all complete amazing. at the same yes. time. How yes. many times have you had somebody when, when you're doing your detox um, discussion, which you're so famous for, and I love it. They'll talk about, well, I got this parasite test. What other tests you did? Nothing. Well, what do you know? Nothing. So when we do this test, if you add up all the tests, we'd have to do separately at the same time. It's $14,200 in testing to duplicate what we do in two hours. Mm-hmm. And you get it done at right then in two hours. So the picture you get is that information in two hours. And then six weeks later, we do it again and see where they are. And then do it again and see where they are and monitor them top to bottom each time they do it. And I can tell you, I can tell you right now that, that what's happening right now with people, I can see when they're going outside, like I tell them to go outside, go sit on the grass, sit in the sun. I can see them positively change just right on the scan we're doing. It's unbelievable, Wendy, what I see happens. The number of mental blocks comes down. The number of spiritual blocks come down. The number of issues in the top 25, all of a sudden the emotions fall down to the last couple of percent. It is amazing. Their minerals, their mineral levels that were a problem in the beginning, which was emotionally based, is gone down. The mineral issues are going away and on and on it goes, all by monitoring this test. I don't like guessing. You know, I could spend a week monitoring somebody energetically without the tool, but in a matter of a couple of hours, I can tell everything about them. In a matter of hours. I mean, what, what is, how valuable is that? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's incredible. And, and I, you know, I really love, you know, I know I'm very in touch with my, my physical body. I know a lot of things that's going on with my physical body and the scan, it totally correlated to everything that I knew to be going on with my body that I've correlated with other bioenergetic scans and functional medical tests. But for me, what I'm focused on right now is emotional trauma and wanting to prevent cancer. Cause I know that emotional trauma causes cancers. And that's really why I came to see you was exactly. I discovered I had uh, some, my lymph was blocked, you know, which I was very surprised to hear. And then there was something going on with my right breast and just, just a, a lot of different things going on that I wanted to release. Just, I want that stuff coming up and out. I want to get rid of it so I can just be my best self uh, and, and help as many people as I can. And, you know, and you had just given a tremendous gift to me in the amount of uh, information and, and direction and counsel that you've given to me in such a heart centered manner. And I just, I really encourage people, if you are struggling, you're kind of tired of going through that, that, you know, that, you know, revolving door in the medical or even functional medicine world, you know, I encourage you to reach out to Dr. Michael Rankin Sr. And he, you work with your son, Dr. Michael Rankin Jr. He's been on the mm-hmm. podcast before. And so you guys are going to work in concert and, you know, depend, uh, you know, you, you work together and uh, such a, a beautiful duo. So I encourage anyone listening to, you know, reach out to them. So where can we learn more about you and, and the work that you do? I think one of the best places to go is the testingcancer.com website, and they can make appointments there automatically. There's a lot of really good information. I spent 
months and months and months collating all the information about emotional release and what it means. There's not one type of emotional release that works better than another, but they all work together if you use them all together. So we use a lot of different modalities. And so if you go to testingcancer.com, you can see those. You can see testimonials on there from different people. You can yeah, see, for you example, very powerful testimonials. It's so amazing, many. isn't it? So isn't it amazing? Many. We had a lady with liver cancer pain, which is the worst pain ever, because number one, it's liver cancer, which is very challenging to begin with. It also meant she had a lot of anger, which she did. And in, in a, I did a three hour session on a Friday night because Michael and I just prayed about it. I said, I, I got to talk to this lady. So we did. We found out later she was going to call hospice the next day and she would have been dead, mm-hmm. but she didn't. And that one session that night got her out of pain. I worked with Epstein-Barr, and a person was literally, they told me, dying from Epstein-Barr. Nobody dies from Epstein-Barr. People don't die from Lyme. They die from the emotional conflict that is associated with it. One session, Wendy, one session with this lady, she had no more symptoms. And I had to prepare them that the next day when she woke up, that she was not going to have any symptoms, and it was okay. She came in on a stretcher, and she was okay at the end of it. Deeply spiritual lady, and it all came when they when they decided they were going to get married, and one was Christian, one was Jewish, and they and she felt like she's betraying her ancestral bloodline. Wow, Epstein Barr. Do you think your Epstein Barr changed overnight? I think not. Yeah, <laughs> and you right? have so many stories like this. I spent you know yeah. almost a week with you and, and your son, and it was just amazing to hear all these different stories of, of just miraculous healing. But it's not miraculous when you think about. I mean, it is, but when you think about it, that the tools that you're using are getting to that root, root, root cause of the health issues, you know, it's elementary, uh, but right. it, took, it takes a long time for you to get there and to, to learn all these things. But do you also use a device called the Echoscope that it was incredibly used out on me? And this is a, an amazing piece of equipment. And I, I've known about it for a few years and I wanted to use one, but I just had never uh, had the pleasure. Tell, tell us about that and why that's also a really key component of oh, Wendy, using this is, patients. This is such a funny story. When I first got the Equiscope, it's about $40,000, okay? And so it's a big investment for any clinic. And I promised Michael, which I hate to admit, but I promised Michael I'd really watch buying another piece of equipment. So keep in mind that everything I got so far has really helped, but this is a lot of money and it's 10 times, 20 times, 30 times more than anything else we bought. But I was at a meeting and I realized I, I'm supposed to have this. And oh, Michael was so mad. So now we've got multiple of these. And who's one of the best with this equipment in the world? Michael. Michael took somebody with trigeminal neuralgia, which is a horrible, horrible pain. It's one of the most difficult emotional pains, but it's also a physical pain that's called the suicide pain. Michael called me up one day. He said, man, I had this patient with trigeminal neuralgia and I'm just like cringing. He said, it took me about 20 minutes. He said, it took me longer than I thought. I said, what? He goes, yeah, it was pretty easy. I went, are you kidding? He said, no, it wasn't. I said, wow. I said, what else did you do today? He said, well, I had this lady with sciatica. She's had sciatica for about 27 years. She hasn't slept in forever. She hasn't had a menstrual cycle in, in, in 10 years. I got rid of her sciatica. She didn't tell me about her migraines. Her migraines went away. She called me up the next week and said her menstrual cycle had restarted. She was at the age where it should have been functioning, but for 10 years, she had amenorrhea. It restarted all by the work he did. And what and is I it said, doing? I mean, isn't it, it's just, you know, allowing the body to communicate it again. It's creating coherence in the body. Yeah, what else is it doing? Exactly. It's creating coherence. And what happens is uh, there's 
like hundreds of people that have this device, but I've never seen anybody use it like Michael does. Michael has this divine intuition about the human body and the construct of the human body. And we know that the body is full of acupuncture meridians, but it's also the flow of those meridians that makes a difference. So Michael's able to take this device and find out where the flow of that energy is going and where it's blocked. And he's able to figure out what are the primary points of blockage and resolution. And then he uses this. And when he, when you attach this device, it gives you energy out and it gets feedback back. So if it goes out at 0.5 Hertz, it may not go back again at 0.5 Hertz. If the, if it decided the body needed something different, there's nothing I know of that does biofeedback constantly thousands of times a minute. So when you connect to the two points of blockage, remember in Chinese medicine, pain is a blockage of energy. So this senses where the blockage of energy is, and it senses what it needs to do to restore it. And then it starts restoring it with very gentle, rhythmic types of patterns. And remember, whenever you do this with a, like acupuncture, they'll do needle, 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 right? But then you got to come back over and over and over again. This is so extraordinary that it not only fixes the blocks on either end of the blockage, but it fills in the, in the, in the flow pattern in the entire meridian tree. So let's say someone's got gallbladder. Where does gallbladder emanate from? You have gallbladder on your foot. You have gallbladder on your head. Where does most of the migraine start in the foot? So if you go down and touch someone's foot with a migraine, they'll have pain down there and they'll have pain up here. So Michael knows that. He knows how to follow the line. And where does it go through? Right through the leg. So he'll go along the tree of the leg and find out there's another point there. Then he determines which end of the echoscope is he going to use? Where is he going to put them? And then he starts giving the feedback. And then he tests it, and then he gets more feedback. And then he might change where he puts the electrode. He might change where he puts the other electrode. He gets more feedback. So with a lady with trigeminal neuralgia, which is horrible, horrible pain, that's why they call it suicide pain, 20 minutes resolves it. Sciatica resolves it. Migraines resolves it. That's why we try to work it so that Michael does the work with the echoscope. I have an echoscope as well. And I'll go out and do week-long protocols, like I've flown to England to work on people for 10 days. I've gone to Virginia, D.C., Florida to work on people. People flying from all over the place to see Michael for pain because they have been somewhere working with somebody for years and years and years. And they come in and see him and resolve it. As soon as they come in the door, if he senses they've got some emotional block that's going to prevent them from allowing him to do what he needs to do, you get on the phone with us. We try to be as flexible as we can. So someone calls us about an appointment for something, like the lady that called me about the breast tumor. I said, I need more time with you. Call me back today. So she'll call me back today. She doesn't have any formal appointments, but when I sense that the that the need is acute, then I'll, I'll start dealing with it and try to give her some guidance how to make good decisions. Michael does the same thing. When he realizes the predominance of their block for their pain is emotional, he gets on with me right away. And then we start working on that. It's a wonderful tag team between the two of us. And you know what's really cool, Wendy, is when I do this test, okay, the chief fractal test, it looks at all my energy points. And then Michael works on me with the echoscope. It'll go up between 50 and 100% improvement to 300% improvement in one 25-minute session. It's stunning. Yeah, I, I saw the same results too because you were using the chief fractal test that's test your meridians and your your heart rate variability and all these different variables and your mm -hmm. brain wave patterns and all that jazz. And so you were testing me, you did a baseline. And then after I did this one treatment, then after I did another treatment, after I did the equiscope. And wow, did my numbers all go up, all my meridians, all my chakras, 
my HRV, everything dramatically improved after using the Equiscope. Exactly. You know, we have so many tools, Wendy, to monitor people and so many tools we've learned from the, from the Asian medicine. Everything we do taps into that knowledge. So when we work with cancer, the Chinese have been resolving cancer for more than 5,000 years. The most successful herbs of all time that help with cancer conflicts, and that's what we call them as a cancer conflict, comes from China. So when you look at these cancer herbs from China, every description of a, of a cancer herb group from China talks about the emotional, spiritual, and physical block of that person. Why do they do that? Because they know that it's all connected together. So what happens when we do our, or when we do our, our, our scan, our biomedical scan? We look at all those things. Then we look at the, the answer to all those things. Now we know what is the number one thing causing that person from healing. There's always one predominant block. And then we start from there and we work backwards. And we're very patient. Once somebody does this scan, I may talk to them 10 times. I may talk to them 50 times. Whatever it takes, whatever they need is what I'm going to do. You know, because the thing that leads all of us that are successful is love. What I learned from the first exposure I got from the first doctor that started teaching me about these things was love. And I realized that the people who are successful in our profession do it with love. Those that are missing love and are all part of the, the dollar, the dollar, the dollar, those people will never get well. They go to south of the border and they come back just as bad or messed up as when they went down in the first place. Why? They never got to deal with their emotional conflicts in a total way. They do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Forget it. If you don't do the emotional stuff before you go, you're wasting thousands, 20, 30, 40, $50,000. And what's the number one thing we hear after they've been south? Broke. And still with the same conflict they went down there with. Stop doing that. Get the emotional work done first so that when you decide to do something, what's the phrase we like to use? I deserve peace, love, and harmony. I deserve peace, love, and harmony. I deserve peace, love, and harmony. How does a person, a, a man or a woman, get connected to somebody that's bad for them? They don't deserve peace, love, and harmony. Where does that come from? From their mother or their father or both. Where does that start? Inside the womb. It doesn't matter how smart a person is. If they still hold on to that old story, which is not their story, then their story gets them stuck. You know, and when you're talking about all these different, uh, you know, case histories and patients, yeah, I think it's so easy for people to not be able to see the forest for the trees and only right. look for a physical solution to what they perceive to be a physical issue. That's, That's right. the mistake that people make and that keeps them going to the supplements and the functional medical, doc medical doctors and the conventional doctors and just looking for this, this one, this next program or pill or something that's going to fix things. But you do, you need to look at the emotional trauma, the underlying root cause. That's a message I keep trying to say over and over and over. Um, exactly. so, so Dr. Rankin, thanks so much for coming on the show. I, you know, I wanted to have you come on. You're someone that I'm personally working with that I have on my personal team. I recommend he be part of your personal team as well. You will not regret it. So go to testingcancer.com. That's his website. Uh, any parting words or any, anything else that uh, you want to mention? Well, I think you've been a very good benchmark for people to understand what helps people, and it's love. What's the first thing I told you when I saw your first podcast? Love. I said, people follow this woman because of love. She, pet, she gives love out. She's always looking for the best solution, and she does it with love. The doctor in Sweden that I, that I work with, he's just pure love. That's how we help people the most. We love them. 
and we'd love them and we'd love them. If they want something more than that, we can do some very practical, wonderful things. But it's all about love first. If you feel fear, that's the opposite of love. If you're being goaded into making a decision out of fear, it's the opposite of love. Don't make a decision based on fear. Do it based on love. And if it's a lack of knowledge, just, just call us at testingcancer.com. We'll answer your questions. You may not like them. You may like them. It, it, that part doesn't matter to us. We're there to give you an answer that might help you. And that's it. And that's our only goal. I will tell them if there's something wrong, we'll get to the bottom of it no matter what. It shouldn't last for long, endless periods of time. Like you said in the very beginning, you went 10 years of therapy. Talking didn't do it. Okay? It's the emotional release work that allowed you to see the beauty of your own life existence. And it was that pure love that caused you to make a change. And it's pure love that causes everybody to make changes. And so that's what we're here for, really. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And it's just, uh, you're such an inspiration. And I just, you know, I want to be a practitioner like you, who is truly heart centered and is like truly cares about their patients is responsive to them and, you know, just responds to them and you give your personal text phone number out and to text with people. And, you know, you're really there to support people in the way they need to be supported. And so, so if someone's looking for that uh, and something very refreshing and different from the traditional mode of care, reach out. So everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to the Myers Detox podcast. I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. And I do this show because I want to show you how you can heal your body, how you can become your own doctor, how, how energy medicine is the medicine of the future and how the root cause of our health issues is emotional trauma. And these are kind of these basic tenets you need to embrace when you're looking to resolve your health issues. So thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.